Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? It's sick, but I'm lacking a placement. Thoughts as I rap in the basement, but my come up is legend, is greatness. I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal. I can never quit now, I will never settle. Puppet to the game, I'm pulling strings like Geppetto. We in the same game, but I'm on a different level. I passed it. Gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket. No fake round, but you feeling too plastic. Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic. They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket. Wow. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be. All the hate is a heavy rotation. You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me. Oh, don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. It continues. It continues. It continues. The misery of watching the 2022 Philadelphia 76ers continues. Are we even watching this because we think this team can be good anymore? Or are we just watching this for sheer entertainment? Are we just watching this to laugh at how backwards this has gone compared to what we thought it was going to look like. Now, of course, yes, yes, we're playing without James Harden. But a professional basketball team should not look this disconnected, uninterested, confused, random, An NBA basketball team should not look this confused, random, miscommunicated, disconnected, uninterested. It shouldn't look like this. It absolutely should not look like this. The just, bro, the lack of. What the hell was that? Hold on. My dog's barking. I'll be right back. It's going to be good. You're going to want to. You're going to. You're just going to want. Five minutes later. Animals, man. Animals. Can't get anything done around here. All right, listen. Before we get started, I want to let you guys know. We are about to be back on podcast platforms. So be on the lookout for that on Apple Music and Spotify and all other podcast platforms. We're going to be there in audio form. If you like to listen to these depressing rants after Sixers games uh, while you're driving, while you're working out. Don't, don't, do not, do not. That was, I don't know why I said that. Do not listen to this while you're working out. You will purposely drop a barbell on your face to put yourself out of your misery. Uh, But yeah, we're going to be back on podcast platforms and uh, I'm not doing a play breakdown of this game on the Patreon, but there will be an exclusive video tomorrow morning posted on the Patreon, patreon.com slash run it back Philly. Thank you to everyone that has signed up for that so far. Check out the merch store. That's all I got to say. Let's get right down to business. 
The Philadelphia 76ers lose to the Atlanta Hawks 104 to 95. Uh, you know, <laughs> the score says it was a nine point game, but let's be totally honest. It was a, they lost by 40. All right. Let, let's call it what it is. They lost by 40. Okay. They lost 104 to 95, but the Philadelphia 76ers lost this game by 40 points. You're not, you're not going to lie to me. You're not going to sit up here and lie to me and tell me this was a nine-point game. This was a 40-point game. That's where I want to start. Okay? The first half was, was, was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen in my entire life from both teams. But, you know, Sixers reporters were tweeting in a positive light. They were saying, hey, the, the, the Sixers are shooting two for 9,000 from three, and we're only down by six points. And I, and I retweeted Kyle Carlin. Shout out to him. I'm not slandering him by any means, but I know Sixers reporters have to try to remain positive. I retweeted him, and I said, switch this around, okay? The Atlanta Hawks are having their worst shooting night of their season. I would bet the Atlanta Hawks are having one of their worst shooting nights of the past five years and they're still beating the Philadelphia 76ers. That says something. At one point in this game in the first quarter, the Atlanta Hawks, in through this midway through the second quarter, I did the math, the Atlanta Hawks were on pace to score 84 points in this entire game, and we were still losing. So they were having a horrendous game, and we were actually having an even worse game than that. This was so bad. But I want to jump right down to the nitty-gritty. All right. I want to jump right down to the nitty-gritty where this game ended. This game. And, 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 you know, it was close in the first quarter. It was like 0-0 zero to zero forever. Realistically, it was like, what, 20-18 to 18 at the end of the first. I felt like both teams were playing terribly and not shooting well. They were a combined four for... 40-something from three or something like that. But uh, my girlfriend actually said to me, oh, is this going to be back and forth the whole game? You know what I mean? Do you ever watch a game where you can just tell, no, 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 no. That team's just playing really, really bad right now, and they're going to start playing better, and this team's going to lose by a lot. Do you ever feel like that when you're watching the beginning of a game? You can just see it. You can just feel that energy. So it was close in the beginning. And she said, is this going to be a back-and-forth kind of game? And I said, nah, the Atlanta Hawks are going to run away with this one about around the end of the third quarter. And I had a tweet before the game started. Earlier in the day, I had a tweet, and I also posted it on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram or Twitter, what are you really doing with your life? And I said, the Atlanta Hawks, parentheses, young and fast, parentheses, are seventh in the NBA in points per game and seventh in the NBA in rebounding. I said the Philadelphia 76ers, parentheses, old and slow, parentheses, are 24th in the NBA in points per game and 29th in the NBA in rebounding. This is not going to be a close game. We got lucky that the Atlanta Hawks shot 30% from the floor What'd they shoot from three? Uh, 20%. (laughs) They shot 44% from the floor and 23% from three. So we got lucky. That's the only reason this game was close 
through three quarters. So I didn't look at it in a positive light. I didn't look at it like, oh, the Sixers are shooting bad and they're only down by five. No, the Atlanta Hawks were shooting worse than I've ever seen a team shoot. And they were up by five. That's how bad we were in this game. We shot 38% from the floor and 20% from three. But this game ended the nail in the coffin. The nail in the coffin. Once again was Doc Rivers. At the end of the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, Joel Embiid picked up his fourth personal foul. And I said that means they're going to they're going to take they're going to sit him until halfway through the fourth because you don't want him to get it five, you don't want him to foul out. They left him in for a couple more plays and then Doc Rivers took him out. And I'm not here to say Paul Reed was good in this game by any means, any stretch of the imagination. Paul Reed had four fouls in what felt like four seconds. But Doc Rivers took Joel Embiid out of the game. Now there's a fire truck. I'm trying to do a YouTube show. Can you have a fire some other time? Anyway, Joel Embiid got his fourth foul about midway through the third quarter. And they took him out of the game, as they should have. But once again, Doc Rivers went with George Niang at center in an NBA basketball game. Doc Rivers went with George Niang to to pronounce it in in his... Father's native language, Zorzish Nyang. Doc Rivers went with Zorzish Nyang at center in an NBA game against Clint Capella at the end of the third quarter. And they got absolutely smoked. They got absolutely smoked when he did that. And he did that in the Spurs game. And he did that in that Toronto game that that we didn't compete in. And I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. I want. I want to look at the. I, I can't figure it out. I remember the game where I was like, "It's not about like, yo, you have to play Paul Reed, or you have to play Montrez Harrell." But why in the world is Montrez Harrell only getting three minutes in a basketball game? Paul Reed's only getting nine minutes. So you got twelve minutes of Paul Reed and Montrez Harrell. And I know Doc can't figure it. He can't figure out the balance. But that that means there was eight minutes. Joel played 31. So there was an eight-minute stretch where you didn't have Joel Embiid, Paul Reed, or Montrez Harrell on the floor. You, 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 you had an eight-minute stretch where you did not play a center. And I'm not saying Montrez Harrell can defend anybody in the paint because he can't, but he can rebound. You had an eight-minute stretch where you did not play a center against Clint Capella. The game was over at that point. That's where the game ended. They went on the run, and, and, and they made it a 20-point game, and it was over. Um, this it, It's time to cut ties, man. 
It's time to cut ties. This team looks completely lost. The coach looks completely lost in who to play, when to play him, why to play him, who to play him with. It just looks ridiculous. This looks ridiculous. <sighs> I want to say this too. Doc Rivers throws in the white flag down by what? 18 with four minutes left? Throws in the towel. Doc's throw in the towel lineup was better than his starting lineup. Montrez Harrell comes in a game, starts clawing, climbing like a cat up the side of a mountain, fighting every single possession, every single play. Montrez Harrell was the only player on this entire roster showing any fire. I didn't see any fire, and I haven't seen any fire from this game, from this team in a long time. I didn't see any fire from this team this entire game until Montrez Harrell came in a game with four minutes left. And he starts fighting for offensive rebounds, diving on the floor, hustling, picking up Trey Young at half court, forcing turnovers. Why does one guy have all of that fight and effort inside of him and nobody else does? Why? But the deep bench made a run. And the deep bench playing better than your starters tells me everything I need to know about this coach's lineups. You need a new voice, you need a new decision maker, and your lineups need to change. You played George Niang and PJ Tucker at the four and the five at the end of the third quarter against Clint Capella and get smoked. You play all the old slow guys all the time, and then the game's out of reach, and you put in Matisse Steibel, Paul Reed, Montrez Harrell, you put in all the athletes, and they make a run. Wow. Here we are again. Here we are again. This guy does not realize you need young athletic players on the floor in the NBA. He doesn't get it. So they make that run. They cut it down to eight points all on the backs of my, on the back of Montrez Harrell. And I'm not saying they were going to win the game. I don't think they were going to win the game. They cut it down to eight points because of the sheer effort and fight from Montrez Harrell when he came in the game. And this son of a, this coach actually put the starters back in the game with a minute and 30 seconds left. He put the starters who played an absolutely pathetic basketball game. He put the starters back in the game with a minute and 30 seconds left. Why did he do that? They didn't deserve to be on the floor. Are you kidding me? They did not deserve to be on the floor. The lack of effort, heart, hustle, fire, and everything that those starters showed for three and a half quarters, they did not deserve to come back out on the floor. Your bench came in, gave you fight, gave you effort, cut it to eight points. They weren't going to win, but they deserved to stay out there for the rest of that game. You should have left the starters on the bench to send a message. But this coach rewarded them by putting them back in the game. What's wrong with this dude, man?
Who does that? Who throws in the white towel, the bench makes a run, and cuts it to eight points, and you put the starters back in the game who didn't give you anything for three and a half quarters? Who does that? I am blown away. I can't. Right when I think this guy can't surprise me, right when I think this guy can't shock me any more than he does, I'm blown away. Jordan, thank you for the super chat. We look like we're playing YMCA basketball without James Harden. Exactly. And why is that? Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Because James Harden is a, is an on the court coach. When James Harden and I have said I said this last year. I said Tyrese Maxey's game went from this to this as soon as James Harden came in there and started yelling at him to go hard to the rim and started telling him how good he is and how unstoppable he is as a, as a scorer going to the rim. James Harden got more out of Tyrese Maxey in two months last year than Doc Rivers did in two years. And Doc and James Harden, the first four games he was in a Sixers uniform, <coughs> changed what the entire offense looked like last season. He didn't know any plays. He was just out there balling. And the team looked better in those four games than they have the entire Doc Rivers tenure. And then Doc implemented his offense and tried to implement his strategy, and it all went downhill. Then we have an entire offseason, and we start this season, and this is what we look like. And the only reason it worked, the only reason this randomness, this not running plays, this I don't even think this team practices, the only reason it worked was because of James Harden's genius on the court. James Harden's half-court facilitating prowess. That's the only reason it worked. So the fact that it looks this bad, disorganized, and, and ridiculous without James Harden tells me the coach is doing nothing. So it is time to cut ties. It, it, it has to be time, bro. How do we continue this? How do we keep doing this? We're actually going to go back to practice tomorrow with 61-year-old Doc Rivers and try again? Really? <sighs> I thought Joel Embiid... <laughs> <laughs> there was my Doc Rivers rant for the night. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. Um, I thought Joel Embiid had a good game. 26 points, 9 for 18 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3. Uh, he had 13 rebounds. Zero offensive rebounds is a big problem for me. Uh, but, you know, Joel seemed to be the only one on the team that could do anything. I have an issue, though. My issue is that they don't run sets. The ball sticks way too much. I completely agree with that, Eric Mallory. My issue is that multiple times in this game, I saw the offense being initiated through Joel Embiid outside the three-point line. And I'm like, how many years are we going to do this? How many years are we going to do this? How many years does the entire city have to scream, get under the rim? How many years does the entire city and fan base have to scream, 
Get this guy under the rim. He's a center. How many years do we have to scream this? Why am I seeing so many designed sets where your seven foot two turnover prone center is catching the ball outside the three point line and trying to dribble it and trying to dribble? Why are we running dribble handoffs with Joel Embiid outside the three point line? It's it's a turnover waiting to happen. I saw it so many times this game. Joel had seven turnovers, seven. And that's because he caught the ball outside the three-point line and tried to initiate the offense seven times. Why are we doing this? What is this game plan? The other night, we ran plenty of pick and rolls and pick and pops with Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, DeAnthony Melton, Joel Embiid. Now, all of a sudden... Now, all of a sudden, we're, we're trying to initiate the offense with Joel outside the three-point line. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Um, Tyrese Maxey has his third bad shooting night in a row. Just so happens James Harden. Is this the third game without James Harden? This might be the third game without James Harden. Um he has his third bad shooting night in a row. And yeah, I, I, I've said this plenty of times. I said this last year. Love Tyrese Maxey. But anybody that thinks Tyrese Maxey is a point guard is out of their damn minds. Tyrese Maxey is clearly a two guard. Tyrese Maxey is clearly a very good two guard. Tyrese Maxey needs a point guard. Tyrese Maxey needs a James Harden on the floor. and. Superhero, I think you said in the chat right when this show started, a big problem is we don't have a backup point guard, a real backup point guard, and you're absolutely right. James Harden's the only point guard on the team. So we can rant and rave about Doc Rivers all we want. We can say fire Doc Rivers. This roster construction is terrible. And Romp was right. (laughs) Again, Romp was right. We're every time... Romps every time something happens and Daryl Morey signs somebody and Romp tells us all this is bad, this is not good, this roster is not as good as everyone thinks it is. Daryl Morey's overrated. On and on and on. Every time Romp goes on those rants before the season starts and we all call him a hater or call him, why are you so negative? He ends up being right. I gotta give Romp credit, man. He's right. This is not a good roster. There's no speed. Outside of Tyrese Maxey, there's no elite three-point shooters. Who? Name one on the team. Who? Who's a sniper on the team? Who's a Kevin Herter? You know? Who's a Joe Harris? Who's a... I don't know. Name another one. There's none on the squad. You don't have a, you don't have a traditional facilitating point guard outside of James Harden. You don't have a backup center... And this one's on Doc because Daryl drafted a backup center. And Daryl Morey should be as upset about this as I am. Daryl Morey drafted Charles Bassey. Charles Bassey was the most NBA play, NBA NBA ready player in that in that <coughs> Oh 
almost died. Most NBA-ready player in that draft. He's six foot ten. He's two hundred fifty pounds. He can block shots. He can rebound. He has skill around the rim. Doc Rivers says, "Nah, we're not. We're not playing Charles Bassey ever. Never playing him." Dan Burke played him two games in a row. He had twelve rebounds and five blocks against the Denver Nuggets in November twenty twenty one. Doc Rivers came back from COVID and said, "No, nah, we're not playing that guy. Not a backup center." Why would I do that when I can play P.J. Tucker at backup center? Why would I do that when I can play George Niang at backup center? Why would I play Charles Bassey? So they cut Charles Bassey. You can't write a story better than this. You can't write a story better than this. They cut Charles Bassey. Because Doc Rivers, who thinks he's a genius and thinks he's on the level of Greg Popovich doesn't want to play Charles Bassey. Greg Popovich, the actual Greg Popovich, the real one, verified checkmark and the official under his name. You know, he paid $8 for the check, and he has the official. The actual Greg Popovich signs Charles Bassey and plays it. Last night, Charles Bassey had 10.6 rebounds, two steals, and a block in 12 minutes off the bench. And Doc Rivers thinks, I don't need that, I don't need that backup center. I got George Niang, bro. I got P.J. Tucker. I can go small ball against the Raptors. I can go small ball against Clint Capella. You idiot. We were just ranting and raving about Tobias Harris a couple days ago. And I said, and I was being negative. I wasn't giving him, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to jump on the, the Tobias Harris train. I was saying, I'm not sold. All right. He's playing a decent fourth man role when James Harden's in here. He's quick trigger catching his shooting. He's shooting 44% from three. When you really play young athletic teams with length on the perimeter, aka, who's he go? Who, who's the uh, who's the Hawks four? Who's the Hawks stretch four? Man, dude, that junk dunked on Joel and beat in the playoffs and put him put him on a t shirt. Uh, his name's escaping me right now. Anyway, he was guarding Tobias Harris most of the game. And Tobias had uh, 12 points in 33 minutes, 5 for 15, 0 for 4 from 3. Two rebounds. Two rebounds. Collins, thank you. John Collins, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, that's what I was saying, you know, because Tobias against the Raptors had three points in 36 minutes. Against the Bucs, he had nine points in 35 minutes. Yeah, when he gets mismatches against smaller players, he can score points, but does it really help your team that much? No, it doesn't. 
He plays length and athleticism again. He's a no-show. It's the rebounds that are really standing out to me because rebounding is 100% effort. And again, I saw it in this game. I saw it in this game again. Our rebounding is embarrassing. We are 29th in the NBA in rebounding. And rebounding is attention to detail, sticking to fundamentals, but it's effort. It's 100% effort. We got out-rebounded 54 to 45 in this game, but I feel like if I look at the offensive rebounds, I'm going to throw up. They had 11 offensive rebounds. Clint Capella had five offensive rebounds. Tobias Harris, zero. P.J. Tucker, zero. Joel Embiid, zero. DeAnthony Melton, four. That little hustler, him. Love that kid. Outside of DeAnthony Melton and Montrez Harrell in the last three minutes of the game, and Shake Milton had two offensive rebounds, the starters outside of DeAnthony Melton had one offensive rebound in this game. George Niang, who played 23 minutes in the game, And played, I want to say, eight minutes at backup center, had one rebound. One. And that's not George Niang's fault. That's the coach's fault for putting him there, bro. This is the fattest guy in the NBA. He can't jump. He's built like a dude that, that eats cheeseburgers and drinks Bud Light down the street. How are we playing this guy at center in an NBA game? I'm not roasting George Niang. I'm roasting the coach for not knowing his personnel. George Niang had one rebound. One. (laughs) What is this decision making? Do you want to know how many rebounds Clint Capella had in this game? 20. 20. 20. 20. 20 rebounds. Let me tell you something. Onyeka Okonwu had 11 in 21 minutes. 11 rebounds. Clint Capella and Okonwu had 31 rebounds. (laughs) How are we supposed to look forward to this team at all? When when do you see this? You're 29th in the NBA in rebounding. You're playing George Yang at the backup center in the end of the third quarter. How are we supposed to look forward to this team? This ain't gonna get better. They have nobody. They have no athleticism. None. <laughs> Where's this team supposed to go? This is supposed to be a championship level team. This was we were they were so hyped up this offseason. Oh, we we put the perfect roster together. We finally got veterans. We finally got veteran playoff level players. We finally did this. It's gonna be we got depth now. We got one of the deepest teams in the East. 
And this is actually what it looks like. The level of disappointment is unbelievable. I'd rather be back in the tanking years when I didn't expect them to be good. If they won 20 games, I was excited. I Do, do you know what? I had so much fun watching that 10-72 and 72 team because I was putting on the TV, not expecting this team to even come close to winning a game just so I could see Dish Smith throw no-look alley-oops to Nerland's Noel. Those were the days, man. Those were the days. That was fun. Being fed all of this excitement and then and buying in and being excited and then seeing this dog shit product on the floor is incredibly disappointing. That's all I have to say about it. Should we even go through the notes that I took during this game? Because it's depressing. Um, the Hawks were not double teaming Embiid. We we started the game uh, running Joel Embiid outside the three point line, initiating the offense through him, like he's a seven foot two point guard, which has never made sense. We legitimately lost Game Seven to the Toronto Raptors on the Kawhi Leonard shot because Brett Brown was trying to do this. Brett Brown was not better. They're both bad. They both don't know what they're doing. They both have no idea who to put on the floor and when to put them on. They, they both don't run plays. They both had no game plan or strategy. They both look like they don't practice with the team. Remember uh, Glenn Robinson the third when we traded for Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third in the Brett Brown era. Glenn Robinson the third quoted was quoted saying. I was there for two weeks and didn't know my role on the team. And Jimmy Butler said he didn't know who was in charge. And now we're we're in the Doc Rivers era, and we're getting the same thing. It still looks like nobody knows their role on the team. It looks like they don't practice. They don't look like they practice. I'm convinced they don't practice. Connor, don't go there, bro, because Brett Brown played Al Horford and, and, and uh, I can't even remember his name. Al, Brett was obsessed with playing two centers. The one game Joel was out, he played Al Horford and, and another center at the same time. I mean, the guy chose Howell Neto over Trey Burke. It, they cut James Ennis and Trey Burke and kept Howell Neto. We went from a bad coach with no experience to a bad coach with a lot of experience. We went from an under we went we went from a a bad and experienced coach to the most overrated coach I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, we start the game, Joel Embiid outside the three-point line for some reason. Has a couple of turnovers, looks bad. As soon as we stop running and beat at the top of the key and get him under the rim, we go on an immediate 7 to 0 run. Paul Reed and Matisse Thibel come off the bench first. And, and to me, this is Doc Rivers saying, okay, fine, you guys want Paul Reed, here you go. So, like, you, you, can, you, can, you can adjust on the fly. You can adjust your lineups based on matchups. So for two straight games, he plays Montrez Harrell zero minutes. 
I just don't get the extreme flip-flop. The extreme, you didn't play Paul Reed for the first five games of the season. Then all of a sudden, you, Paul Reed's the first off the bench and Montrez is, is, is iced on the bench. And that tells me he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's like, okay, well, that didn't work. Then let's do this. And now, now, now I'm going to keep that guy completely on the bench. It's crazy. It does look like he's listening to the media. Um, so Paul Reed and Thigh will come off the bench first. And I like Paul Reed coming into the bench for into the game first. Uh, but if he's not having a good game and you need some fight and you need some effort, maybe put Montrez Harrell in the game then. Nah. Um, Paul Reed had three fouls in what felt like three seconds. That's been an issue of his for a long time. Uh, I feel like, I feel like, uh, the the ref, the refs were whistle happy in that in that first quarter. They were just the one guy just wanted to be the star of the show. I mean, he was calling some. Uh, at one point, he called uh, a touch foul on the opposite side of the floor. He wasn't even on that side of the floor. He was like at half court. He called. The, it was crazy what that ref was doing. And uh, and I also feel like referees just see Paul Reed and they're like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Foul, foul because I don't know who this is. He comes in the game, tries to play defense for eight seconds and gets a foul call for laying a finger on somebody's hip. I swear Paul Reed does get the worst whistle in the NBA. Simone, what's up? Shout out to Simone with the sports. Check out her YouTube channel. Uh, Doc don't seem like he even care. I, <laughs> I haven't seen his, uh, I haven't seen his press conference. Um, I'll have to watch it. I'll have to watch his press conference. Uh, let's continue. Let's continue this misery of going down the notes that I took during this game. DeAnthony Melton was a fighter in this game. He had a nice, crazy finish in the second quarter in traffic. Uh, just one of the only players on the floor the whole game that was that was showing fight. Um, Shake Milton comes in the game. He shot an open three, and I think I said this before, but. W- where when did Shake Milton turn into Markel Fultz 2.0? When did Shake Milton forget how to shoot a basketball? Anyway. Um Joel Embiid gets a rebound and tries to run the whole floor like he's Nikola Jokic or Ben Simmons in his prime, and he turns it over. Or he actually, I think he tried like plowed into Clint Capella and got an offensive foul call, but just somebody tell Joel Embiid he's not a guard. It's ridiculous. I'm tired of it. Just rebound, give the ball to a guard, and go play center. Enough is enough. We've seen this for years now. Now <coughs> I'm getting sick again. Got a dry, scratchy throat. <coughs> I'm probably yelling about this team. Isn't helping me. Um. Tobias Harris missed one of the most wide open layups I've ever seen a six foot nine human being miss. Just dunk the ball, bro. How are you that soft? Tobias drove to the rim. Nobody there, and he missed the layup. Third quarter, nobody can shoot. Um, Tobias corner three hit the inside of the rim, the other inside of the rim, the back to the backboard, back off the rim. It was one of those where Hit every part of the rim and the backboard and hit the rim again. It still didn't go in. Tyrese Maxey couldn't buy a bucket. Um, 
all of his the normal things that he does, the floaters, the tri- drives and tries to go high off the glass, all the things he was trying to do. Ball just wouldn't go in the hoop. Um, he did make a little bit of a run at the in the third quarter that, you know, kind of brought it, started to bring it back, but it wasn't much of anything. Um, yeah, Maxie hit a mid-range, and then he he drove in and got a foul call uh, in the third quarter. George Niang drove down the lane for a wide-open layup, and I was like, bro, you know it's a Thursday in November when teams are letting George Niang drive down the paint and shoot wide-open layups. Uh, the score was tied 55-55 to with six minutes left in the third. And again, I didn't feel like we had a chance to win the game. I felt like the Hawks were missing wide-open shots all night. That's why they were having their worst game of the season, but we just are actually a bad team. So that's why we were still losing when the Hawks were having their worst game of the season. Uh, Yeah, then Doc, you know, decides, hey, Joel got his fourth foul. I'm going to pull him out, but I'm not going to play a center with who can rebound or even come close to guarding Clint Capella in his place. I'm going to play George Nehang and P.J. Tucker at the four and the five, and they got absolutely smoked. I I would say in that that five-minute sequence, Clint Capella had four offensive rebounds. It was crazy. Trey Young was getting everything he wanted, driving right down the middle of the lane and throwing throwing uh, alley-oops, no-look alley-oops, toying with it. He was playing Harlem Globetrotters out there. It was easy for him. He was pretty much laughing about it. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the fourth quarter, the Hawks started to make shots finally. Like I said, they were just missing everything for three. So they started to make shots. The Sixers did not start to make shots. The Hawks run away with it. Um, they really ran away with it with back-to-back turnovers from Joel Embiid, where, again, he tries to initiate the offense from the top of the key, which is, I just can't believe we're still doing this. So the Atlanta Hawks went on a 26-8 to run. And the Sixers are suddenly down by 20. Montrez Harrell comes in the game, injects some energy into this team, um, Gets some offensive rebounds, fights and fights and fights, cuts it all the way down to eight. The Sixers go on a 13 to two run when Montrez Harold, Matisse Thibel, and Furkan Korkmaz came in the game. And then with a minute and 30 seconds left, Doc Rivers penalizes the players that came in and played hard and rewards the starters who gave you nothing for three and a half quarters by putting the starters back in the game with a minute and 30 seconds left. How, what, what was he thinking right there? What was he thinking? Did he really think these these starters who couldn't do anything this whole game, who showed such a lack of energy and disconnection and lack of interest, are going to suddenly play hard in this last minute and 30 seconds and win this game? That's crazy. That is crazy, crazy, crazy. Let's uh, open up the phone line here. If you guys want to rant and rave and give me your thoughts and opinions, 
post. What's up, my dude? The phone line is open for anybody that wants to call in, give your thoughts, give your angle. Um, tell me what you think is wrong with this team. We know it's we know it's Doc Rivers. I mean, we're we're repeating ourselves at this point. Um, you know, how many more times can we say it? Coach doesn't know how to coach. I agree. He's got to be fired soon, right? He's got to be fired soon, right? Like, that has to happen soon, right? Am I wrong about that? That has to happen soon, right? Glenn Rivers sounds like a preacher who just told a terrible sermon as fast as possible because he wants to hurry on to the Golden Corral and steal. (laughs) Oh. Let me move this over here. (coughs) I apologize for coughing into the microphone. All right, we got a couple people. Got a couple people hitting up the phone lines. Um, I try to keep you guys to uh, try to keep you guys to uh, two minutes on the phone calls, just so we can get to everybody that wants to that would like to voice their displeasure with this team 402 people in here please hit the like button give me 402 likes that would be greatly appreciated uh wireless caller on the line yo 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 Eastwood, what's going on man what's going on man what's your name uh it's rodney from uh from uh, uh east miami Rodney, I don't know if I put your name in here before, man. Rodney, thanks for calling, man. What's up? Yeah, man. I'm gonna just say this, man. I, I'm not watching. I'm not watching the Sixers until they fire Rivers. Like I'm, I, I'm just at a like. This is the point that I'm just. I'm not going to stress myself out watching this team that doesn't care. It seems like the players doesn't care. Like, like, like he. It just seems like the, he can't have control of these plays because it's just like. The energy, the lack of hustle, and the flow of the game is just like I, I I can't waste my time watching this team that doesn't seem to care. So right. why should I care? Right, right, and uh, you know that's a good point because when people say uh, you know they owe Doc Rivers twenty four million dollars and they're not going to and I say that and I say they're not going to fire him because they owe him this money, but you know like you and a lot of other people I asked on Twitter earlier. Has the uh, interest in the Sixers uh, gone down over the Philadelphia fan base because of their start to the season? And a lot of replies were just what you just said. Yeah, I'm not watching until Doc Rivers is fired. So people are gonna, there's going to be a lot less people that pay money and travel and, and waste their time going into the arena, right? Exactly. It's just like I'm not. I wasn't expecting the Flyers to be a better team than the Sixers. Like that's that's. <laughs> I'd rather go to a Flyers game, and I and I don't even watch hockey like that. I'd rather go to a Flyers game right now than the Sixers. I don't watch hockey at all, but I'm yeah. about to start watching it and doing post game lives. <laughs> exactly, like it's is this is embarrassing, man. This is freaking embarrassing. Like I can't, like I'm like I love basketball. I I am yo know, listen. I will continue to watch basketball, but not going to watch the Sixers if the, if if this continues. 
and Rivers is continued to be the coach. Like I can't do it. I just can't, man. Yeah, I can't. It's getting to that point. It's getting to that point. It's getting to that point where a lot of people are absolutely done watching this team until he's gone because you're just it's just groundhog day. Why would I watch this when I know what's gonna happen? There's there's no way this is going to end any differently than it did last season. Nothing is showing me that anything is gonna be any different. So why would I waste my time watching it? I, I completely agree with that, and a lot of people are starting to feel that way. Like it, it, it's like it just seems like Rivers doesn't care. It's just like if, if I'm getting the energy that the coach doesn't care, it's like it's at a point that we need a new voice, man. I mean, yeah. we see it with the Phillies, you know. Like it, it's like you you gotta make a listen. It, the the season is not over. It's not even half the season. You gotta make a change. You have to. Yeah, you have to. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets fired Steve Nash, and all of a sudden, Ben Simmons is coming off the bench. He's not, exactly. you know, their new coach exactly. isn't isn't trying to run uh, Nicholas Claxton and Ben Simmons together because it didn't make sense. So you change the coach, and all of a sudden, the lineup is different, and the team looks better. So yeah, we need a new energy. We need a new voice. I completely agree. I and you said it right by 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 us getting rid of Charles Bassley. I knew it from the stunt. I might watch somebody pick him up and. Play him like he's supposed to be played. Greg Popovich, man. Greg Popovich, of all people. Yeah, hey, Rodney, thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. All right, take care, man. All right, man. Don't stress yourself out watching this team. Stop watching. Stop watching. Anybody that's, that's stressed out watching this team, just stop watching. It does get to the point where I just start laughing, though. Like, you know what I mean? It's stressful at first, and then you're just like, all right, this is hilarious. I, I wasn't actually that stressed out watching this game because I knew this was going to be a terrible game. I knew the young... Fast, athletic Atlanta Hawks, who are seventh in the entire NBA in rebounding and points per game, were going to kill us. Because how could we compete? It's like a forty and over team versus a bunch of twenty-five year olds. We can't compete with that. Just makes perfect sense. Uh, call from Haddon Heights, New Jersey. What's going on? Yo, we good. How's it going, brother? Outside of this basketball team, I'm I'm doing great, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're not sick anymore, but this, this game tonight, I, I didn't, I didn't get the chance to tune in. So I appreciate kind of the rundown you gave. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I was in the position of these guys, which is hard to put yourself in that position. None of us have been NBA players. It yeah. just seems like it would, it would be really mentally draining. And these guys right now, they just not having any fun. And when you look at like, like if you look at the Eastern conference, if I pull up the standings here real quick, if you take a team like Milwaukee, Cleveland, Boston, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago, I don't know if any of those teams, fan bases, would be more angry at them if they got out in the second rounds than the Sixers fan base. Like what I'm saying is the Sixers have this set of expectations that they've had on them for years. Mm-hmm. And they haven't had a chance to really spend much time growing and operating where they're kind of playing on house money and they're just out there having fun. Like the Grizzlies, they're a team that legitimately could compete for a championship this year, but nobody's pissed at them if they don't win this year. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So like these guys, they're kind of in this bind right now. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And, and I think it's, I think a lot of them are bad fits and I think a lot of players are being used wrong. I think, uh, you know, I always go back to what Paul George said about Doc Rivers when he was in L.A. He said he was trying to use me like J.J. Redick, and that's not my game. Uh, so I think, yeah. and when players when players know what they're good at and and know 
what they're capable of, but they feel like they're not getting the opportunity or they're being used wrong or they're being put in the wrong positions. Yeah. They, they start to get frustrated and they start to say, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not trying. Cause that shit sucks. You know, I, that's very possible that the players are just frustrated at the roster construction or their role or whatever. And they're not given the effort. Yeah. You make a good point because when you like, I've been very disheartened to see that even maxi, has shown like some real lack of effort, like defensively. Mm-hmm. I know he's not this defensive stud, but like I thought he would really bring at least the energy on the defensive side more consistently this year. And they need to be playing at a higher pace if they're going to play to Maxi's strengths. And if he's going to be this star, you could make the argument they shouldn't have to like, you know, cater to him or something. But even a guy like Steph Curry, like Steph Curry isn't the best version of himself unless the team is like, operating him and operating like using him in this variety of ways and yeah. i think that you know Embiid and harden are both kind of past the point in their careers where they're eager to be hurrying down the floor to get a bucket six seconds in the shot clock it's tough it's a tough fit all the way around with with a lot of guys man so you know i i want doc rivers up out of here because i think the energy needs to change and i think you need a different you need a yeah. culture change you need a different voice but also this this what daryl morey did is very questionable also because the people that were like, oh my God, we signed a bunch of 40-year-olds, we're screwed. They're looking like they were right. Yeah, man. You're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. Well, I, I, I appreciate you taking the call. You're making some really valid points here. So, Thanks, buddy. you know, keep spitting the truth and hopefully we get Doc out of here soon. All right, man. Later. Yeah. Yeah, get him up out of here, man. It, it, because, again, well, what's the point? What's the point of not firing Doc Rivers right now? Why would anybody think this is going to change? Why would Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, Josh Harris, why would anybody think this is going to change? What could change about it? And when the when the players are showing lack of effort, Tobias Harris finished this game with two rebounds. A six foot eight NBA player in 33 minutes. Finish this game with two rebounds. When your players are showing a lack of effort, the only thing you can point to is the culture, what's being instilled in them, what's being what's being ran through their minds every day, and it comes back to the coach. People think, oh, these are NBA players. They should just show up and play. They still have to be disciplined. They still have to be, you, you still have to do repetition. You still have to train the right way. Call from Edmonton. What's going on? What's up, boss? How's it going, man? What's your name? Ricky Jolly from Edmonton, AB. Canada. You're from Ghana? Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. Okay. Canada. Up What's up, man? Up north, up north. Yeah, my only issue is Matisse. Doc can't even play him. I don't get it. It's ridiculous. Um, watched the past few games and I mean, you've been getting minutes now, but you have one of the best perimeter defenders, and you refuse yep. to play him on Trey or DeJounte game. Exactly. Yes. Pretty funny game to watch. <laughs> yeah, he did the same thing against the Boston Celtics. You know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum went for seventy combined exactly. points against us, and he didn't play Matisse Thybul. Yep. You got to live with what Matisse does in the offense, and at least he's willing. I've watched the two games. He's willing to at least drive the ball, take threes. You got to live with that, right? You're not going to have guys that all dribble and. Score 30. 
Yeah, and, and he's been and he's been he's been shooting threes. You know, I mean, he's he hasn't looked like a, an elite three point shooter or anything like that. But he hasn't been like reluctant to shoot. He's been shooting them when he's open. So yeah, I think he deserves the minutes. I agree. Yeah, get him out of here. All right, man. Hey, thanks thanks for calling from Canada, man. Shout out to Canada. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I, I I thought Doc Rivers was supposed to be a defensive minded coach anyway. You know, I'm really seeing an obsession with offensive players and refu- basically refusing to play defensive players. We bullied him into playing Paul Reed, but really he just thinks, oh, I need shooters out there. I need shooters. So he plays George Niang at the at the five. Uh and he gets smoked on the glass and he just gets smoked defensively, and it's like you you have to balance it, right? You have to say, I need Matisse Thibel out there. And then we'll see what happens. I don't know, man. I don't know. My guy, Jarrett Newsom on the line, man. What's going on? What's up, bro? What's How up? you doing, man? Hey, man, it's time, man. I'm in agreement totally with you. And this is embarrassing to me. <laughs> As a Philly team. The one thing we could pride ourselves on is intensity. I look at this team, man, and the most intensity I saw when Montrez Hero came out there, yep. and he was hot when yep. he took him out of the game. Hot. Was he mad? I didn't I, see him. He was, yeah, he was hot, bro. I watched it on the sidelines. He was hot when he took him out of the game. Right, he because knew he was the then, only one. Right. What happened to all the dogs that we said we had? What are they keeping them on a chain or something? <laughs> what is going on with these people, man? They're still in the pound. I understand this. And like, like I said, bro, all of this starts with the coach, man. Yeah. If you can't motivate your players to play, who else is it on? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Yeah, and it is crazy. It is crazy that uh, it is crazy that Montrez came in and injected energy and made that led that run, cut it down to eight points. He's the only player the the whole night that showed that fight. And Doc took him out of the game. He took him out. Those starters did not deserve. They didn't deserve to come back in the game. They sure didn't. And he took that charge right in the chest. Come on, man. This co- Did you bring the starters back in this game? Man, that's a slap in the face. The coach is just, he, he, his decision-making keeps getting more and more confusing, man. It really does. Man, I'm telling you, bro. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a campaign. When I see a Sixer game, I'm saying Sam Cassell, Sam Cassell, Sam Cassell. Every time I watch a Sixer game, I can't give up on them, man. I've been watching them since 82, the last time they won a championship. We talked about it many times, man. You got to see one. I didn't get to see one. I started watching in 95. Uh, You know, they drafted drafted Iverson. That was a fun 10 years. I had a lot of fun watching that, but they didn't put anyone around him. Same way they're doing with Joel Embiid right now. But remember, we talked about it, too. Man, we got to the point where we was like, look, man, Joel, get out of here, man. You want a championship? You're going to have to leave here. Because it's starting to look like that, bro. They are not utilizing this man's talents correctly. Ben Simmons is not out there no more. Why is he initiating offense? I don't know. I don't know, man. I can't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. ridiculous, man. 
Seven foot point guard. <laughs> hey, bro, I appreciate you calling every single time, man. This is frustrating, but I, I'm right with you. I'm gonna watch the next game. It's just, it's just in me. It's just who I am, man. So you know, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 I'm gonna reciprocate that because I gotta do the same thing, man. All right, bro. It's always yeah. cool to holler, Jesus. We'll be cool, man. Yeah, man. Have a good night. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, broadcasters mentioned Harold was upset. Um, so, you know, now your own, now your players are getting mad at your coaching decisions. He's going to, he's already lost the locker room. He already lost this team. You can just tell by the body language and the lack of effort and the lack of giving a shit, uh, that you see on the court. But now the players are starting to get frustrated with his decisions. It's over, bro. We got to end this now. You know, my I put the, put out the fire dot. I put out the fire Glenn T-shirt. Shout out to everybody that purchased one. I appreciate the support. But I honestly think he's gonna get fired before they even get here. I didn't even get mine in the mail yet, and he's gonna get fired before I even get the shirt. But it's gonna be fire Glenn forever. So I'm gonna just wear the shirt forever because who cares? Whatever. Uh, DC says, "Wish we had Donovan Mitchell." Hey, look, man. Uh, I said this offseason, the only player I would trade Tyrese Maxey for is Donovan Mitchell. And I said that because, I said that because, you know, people got mad at me when I said that. People were like, how could you say that? Donovan Mitchell is an inefficient ball hog, volume shooter, doesn't make his team better, on and on and on and on and on. And I said, I said, I would trade Tyrese Maxey for Donovan Mitchell because Donovan Mitchell's 26 years old and averaged 27 points per game last season. Donovan Mitchell is exactly what you want Tyrese Maxey to be at 26 years old. And I think Tyrese Maxey can be that. So keeping Tyrese, I'm not mad at keeping Tyrese Maxey. I think he can be that. He's just not going to be that right now. He's 22. But I think Tyrese Maxey can grow into what Donovan Mitchell grew into. I was just saying you could fast forward Tyrese Maxey five years by trading him for Donovan Mitchell. That's all I was saying. And I was damn right about it. Uh, another caller on the line, and then I'm going get to up, get up out of here and forget that the 76ers even exist this season, man. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, hello. How's it going? What's up? Fuck you, you stupid bearded fucker, faggot. Wow. (laughs) That's a good way to end the show, man. Hey, you won't come to my house and say that to my face. I know that damn well. You're going to call the show and do that, really? That's what you're going to do, bro, really? <clears throat> Imagine calling a sport. You sounded about 35 years old, too, man. How do you sound that old and act like a 10-year-old? You really wasted your time watching and listening to this show and you dialed the number to say that? (sighs) 
I'm glad I cut that off halfway through that last word that was coming out of his mouth because wouldn't have been good for the YouTube bots. Should have saved that. I got to find that last call and block him. What a loser. Uh, anyway, hey, thank you all for tuning in. This has been Sixers Post Game Live. This has been the Philadelphia 2022 Philadelphia 76ers therapy session. Um Yeah. That was that was Rivers dad. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, man. Uh there will be an exclusive video tomorrow morning on the Patreon, patreon.com slash run it back Philly. And I'll post some clips from this show tomorrow on the channel. Other than that, man, you guys continue to not be frauds, continue to not be fanboys, and continue to never, ever, ever have any intros. I don't even know what that means. Running in place, y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? It's sick, but I'm lacking a placement. Thoughts as I rap in the basement, but my come up is legend, is greatness. I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal. I can never quit now, I will never settle. Pop to the game, I'm pulling strings like Geppetto. We in the same game, but I'm on a different level. I passed it. Gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket. No fake round, but you feeling too plastic. Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic. They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket. Wow. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be. All the hate is a heavy rotation. You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Cause I'm looking like Wesley, test me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Cause I'm looking like Wesley, test me. Test me. Don't make me lose my mind, cause I'm looking like Wesley. Test me. Yeah, guess I know no better. I ain't got no chill, so they call me a devil. I know. Look, I am just a man on a mission. If I want it, then I get it. I go. And if you're trying to test me a beast, you gon' need Liam Neeson The chance that you're taking is flagrant, you're testing your luck If you think you make it out, then you're sadly mistaken Careful what you put in your stake in, cause I ain't got no patience and no limitations You trying to figure me out and I know I don't make sense But no one's there when you call like you're trapped in the Matrix You need to take a break from it, I think you should take six Cause yes, I hold a throne and no one else can replace this The pain will only go deeper the harder you chase it I'm the greatest that you ever made, it's time that you face it, so tell me Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the hate is a heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself Quit testing me. Oh, don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Oh, don't make me lose my mind. Cause I'm looking like Wesley. Test me. Oh, don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Oh, don't make me lose my mind. Cause I'm looking like Wesley. Test me. Cause I'm looking like Wesley. Test me. Wesley, test me.